You're listening to One Team in Moreland, a podcast dedicated to all things Moreland City Football Club and football in Victoria. This show is powered by the Duke of Edinburgh. They were Australian Hotels Association finalists in 2015 and can be found on Sydney Road in Brunswick. We're also supported by Padstone, a leading supplier, manufacturer and installer of natural reconstituted stone. And lastly, we are supported by Brown's Corner Hotel. Found in Coburg, it's your local bar and pub for functions, dining and entertainment. At that time, we had in this under 15, 16 state team, there was seven players from Boeing in the state team. Wow. So, you know, we went undefeated and then we all just went, after that I went to the VIS. So it was myself. So you were playing under 16s at Boeing? 13s, 14s, yeah. half of 15s, I'm pretty sure, sh- I think Did it was. Did you do the Bassano tour? You know how Boeing do the, every, the under 16s go to Bassano in Italy? Or was no, that, no, no, no. This was after, we, okay, we, yeah. Under 15s, Egon took us to some... Germany tour for three weeks, yeah. so we played we in Bremen and Frankfurt. We played in two big tournaments there. Um, so, you know, that was an experience at that age as well. Yeah, you know, coming against amazing. Werder Bremen, Man United, uh, Borussia Dortmund, Bayern Munich. It was like, it was ridiculous, some of the players running around. Um, and then from there I went to the Victorian Institute of Sport, uh, Ernie come to a few games and Ernie uh, Merrick Ernie Merrick yeah. signed me signed me there and yeah that was it kind of I went from there I was there for three years and then I think at about 17 I signed at Frankston Pines for my first senior senior contract out at Frankston for you understand what, Webster what on earth made you go to Frankston where, where were you live were you living in Frankston no, or well, were, you, were you hanging out at, at stage uh, stage 21 <laughs> Manhattan stage <laughs> 21, is what that was what it was called? called? Davies, Davies <laughs> Nightclub. <laughs> is that why? Oh, yeah, I've got to get Nightclub. this guy down to Frankston. No, I, I lived in Knox. I, from, I moved to Knox when I was about eight years old. So I grew up in, in, in Knox, Knoxfield. So it um, wasn't far from Frankston, down Dandy Frankston Road. There was no Eastlink back then. So yeah. um, Did you play for Knox? Uh, later on, after like down the track, I played maybe one game and then tore my yeah. hammies as I, as I do. And and Broxy, we've already talked about Broxy. Couldn't turn up tonight. He yeah. was going to be here. Good yeah. mate. He's a Knox. Is he yeah. from? Yeah, yeah. So, so have you known each other for a long time? Or we have uh, been best friends since grade two. Grade two. So we went through primary school together as best mates, high school, and our football. Pretty much, we went to the institute together. Yeah, and he was a Knox junior, right? Yeah, Knox yeah, Junior. Yeah, 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 he yeah. played all his juniors at Knox. I was at Boleyn, and then yeah. that year we both went to the VIS together. Yeah. And and he couldn't make it tonight. What he was updating his playlist for the big uh, DJ weekend. Yeah, or? doing that and looking <laughs> after three kids. But <laughs> no, no. Yeah. I, I heard he's changing his playlist. Or yeah, he's changing his playlist. He's putting some like '80s retro boutique nightclub <laughs> songs on on his list. I think so. <laughs> Yeah, he, um, he couldn't make it today. And then Pines, what happened to Pines? Um, Good club. I remember as a as a, many years ago playing at Pines. At the, at Big the, club. At the time, it was I was either going to go to the Boleyn Zebras, I think Peter Alton was coaching, and it was out of the Pines. And at that time, I just wanted to play senior football. So I thought Alton didn't guarantee me any, any time. He goes, you'll yeah. just be part of the squad. Yeah. So I thought, might as well go to Franks and push myself. What is it, Anthony, with these young kids want guarantee game time, right? Like, what coach is going to say, I guarantee you're going to play, right? You've already... Anyway, keep going, Simi. Is that what you do as a coach now? If a player comes to you and says, Simi, I mean, Dan City, I know you got Kalmar, Zagunzic, 
Fuck those guys, man. I, I want I guarantee me game. Uh, guarantee me game time, man. Nah, what do you do? I lose my shit. <laughs> but I consider myself a bit different because I come from the institute and I was training Melbourne Victory full time. So you thought so, you were better than the others? Yeah, hundred percent. I was yeah, so I myself, <laughs> so I went straight in. Um, and I played that year. I think I played fifteen games as a seventeen-year-old. I scored on my debut against Dynamo. So. Away is scored on your debut. Yeah, so you know only that, that's a measure, Anthony. Trivia question. Yeah. Measure of your debut. It, uh, measure of the quality of a player is scoring on your debut, right? T- give me some players who scored on their debuts for their clubs. Uh, all right. Um, Apart from Semi Sivic at Franks and Pines. You? No, no. I, I no, don't think I good. ever. I wasn't. No, I'm talking Robbie Fowler. Oh, yeah, scored yeah. on his debut for uh, Liverpool. I'm pretty sure Alan Shearer scored on his debut for Blackburn. I reckon Wayne Rooney scored on his debut for Everton. Is Marcus Rashford another one? I, I reckon yeah, I Ibrahimovic he, scored on his he debut scored for like Manion. England debut, um, league debut, everything debut. The measure, any player who scores on their debut yeah. is quality. Semi? Yeah, I'll take that. In the <laughs> <laughs> so then, what happened then? What happened um, then? Yeah, so I played 15 games and, you know, it was... <laughs> It was different. There was some, you know, good players there like Billy Armour, the oh, Trent yeah. Malcolm, yeah. Um, Cam Leopold, the Webster brothers, Marco Maisano. Yeah. So, you know, it was good for good. Now for you me mentioned Cam Leopold. I want to say hello to Serena Leopold, Cam's auntie. Uh, Serena, she's uh, she works at Mazda, which okay. is one of our uh, major sponsors. So, Serena, if you're listening to the podcast, and uh, I don't think you would be, <laughs> <laughs> um, um, yeah. So we've talked about uh, Cam Cam uh, Cam Leopold played with Rabbit as well. Um, yeah, in his later years. Okay. Anyway, yeah. So there was, there was a good uh, good squad for me to you know learn there and. You know, I respected Stan, Stan as a coach. What year is this at this point, Simi? 05. Okay. So I was still in year 12. And then after that... How'd you go in year 12? Nah, no good. No good? No good. Too much soccer? Too yeah. much training? Yeah, it was actually. I missed... <laughs> I think I missed all up a month and a half of school from just taking days off and sickies to go train at Victory really? at the time. Are you serious? What school were you going to? Scoresby Secondary. Just Scoresby a public Secondary. school. Quality, yeah. mate. Quality. So, um, yeah, once that finished, I... Um, I had a phone call from Dean Hennessy about coming to Richmond. Dino. So I thought closer to... It wasn't really closer to home. It was... I don't know why I left Frankston. I was a bit disappointed. But I don't know. I left anyway and went to Richmond and didn't really play that much at the start. Um, I was struggling to kind of break in. And then I think Dino got... Got sacked after that, or he walked out, and Dougie Hodgson took over. Dougie, we love Dougie <laughs> here, mate. And uh, yeah, that was uh, that was a bit different. A bit. He's a bit of a hard man, huh? No, no. Stubbsy no? took over. Oh. I think it was Stubbsy then, oh, mate. Dougie, you're I coming can't on. You're coming on the podcast. Uh, you got to get your stories right. I can't remember. There was about three coaches in a year that year. I think it was Chats, Dougie, oh, and Stubbsy. Yeah. Yeah. I think Stubbsy went to Adelaide. Dino left. Dougie got sacked and Chats ended up taking the reins there for a while. So I struggled to break in and then once uh, Stubbsy took over, it was, I was a, you know, a changed, changed football. They probably brought the best out of me. Kind of converted me to a right, right wing back and that was it. I was kind of on fire from then on and then he left to go to Adelaide and Dougie Hodgson took over and, yeah, he was... 
I just kind of went on with him. And then once Chats was the boss, it was uh, full steam ahead. And I never kind of looked back from there. I had that year in 08 when I kind of broke my leg that I was, you know, on the verge of... It was a breakout year for you, wasn't it? Yeah, uh, before, yeah. B- before you got that injury, that was pretty much a breakout year. Yeah, that you, was, you on that fire. was that my was, year. I was... Yeah. You know, I was at Melbourne Victory full-time training every morning. You know, I was getting the right strength and conditioning, the right programs. Like, I was watching, you know, what I, what I was putting into my body, the right physio treatment, and then I'd go and train at, at Richmond as well at night. So I was training hard, but, you know, it was coming, it was paying off for me, you know, when I was playing my games. And, uh, yeah, it kind of took its turn for the worst in the end, and... Yeah, hasn't. Talk us through the um, the injury. Can you do? You, do you, uh, yeah. Can you do that or yeah, do you no, want to no, just move on? No, yeah. it's fine now. Um, it's been a 10, 11 years now. Um, it was a bad injury though, right? Yeah, it was. It was a bad injury. I broke my leg, snapped my tib and fib, um, and I got compartment syndrome really bad. So I think uh, I took a throw in to Jesse Krenchevich and he passed the ball back and he, he dropped it short. So I was trying oh, to clear no. it. Someone's just come over me and uh, snapped the leg in into two. And I knew straight away what happened. And I was on standby to fly out to uh, Perth with a victory for a pre-season, uh, pre-season trip. It was, a, it was a pre-season cup game. And I was on the bench for him against Adelaide in Tasmania the week before. And that morning I was sitting there with Gary Cole and kind of negotiated my contract because the deal was finish your last four games with Richmond and then you'll be with us full-time. <laughs> Even though I was full-time, but it was on contract yeah, basis, yeah, 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 so yeah. I wouldn't have my club to worry about. And, um, yeah, that was that was it, really. I, I was meant to sign my contract on Monday and I found myself in hospital for three weeks after that, saving, trying to save my leg because I nearly got my leg amputated from my knee down. Are you serious? Yeah, so... Compartment syndrome is where... So whilst your leg was broken, you develop com- compartment syndrome. Yeah, so what happens is your, your nerves go nuts in your leg and it kills your muscle. So if they don't put two cuts up your legs to release that pressure, you um, you know, your muscle dies pretty much. So I was in pain that morning, like excruciating pain. Like I couldn't... The, the amount of morphine they were pumping into me wasn't, wasn't helping me. So I... Um, I just said to the doctor, I'm like, I'm in so much pain, I can't feel my foot. And he goes, just touch me, he goes, can you feel me? I go, no. He goes, uh, you know, we're going to rush you into emergency, otherwise you're going to lose your leg in the next hour. I was like, are you, are you kidding me? I go, I'm meant to be in Perth. Yeah, I'm a soccer player, man. Yeah, I'm I'm like, like, what the hell's I'm going on? I'm meant to be in Perth, you know, with Mel and Victor. I go, I'm sitting in the hospital. Anyway, they rushed me in, put two cuts up my legs. And uh, that was all good. Pressure was, you know... The swelling was going down, but it wasn't going down enough. So they, I went back in two days later. So they sewed up one side of my leg and the other side to a bit. So I've had like a, I don't know, maybe the size of a 50-cent piece hole in my leg. It wouldn't close because of the pressure. So, um, yeah, I was in hospital for three weeks. They couldn't close my leg up. So Are you shaking because you're getting emotional? or nah, you just cold I'm freezing in this... Uh, <laughs> Bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> it's a recording. Shower, whatever. It's, it's a recording, recording studio, studio yeah, mate. Are you serious? I'm waiting for the, the ducted <laughs> heating to kick in. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, that was 
that was in three weeks. I was in hospital, and that was it. I w- had ten operations. Oh my god! Um, and you know, well, I thank Melbourne Victory so much because without them, I probably, you know, would have given up a long time ago. You know, they did all my treatment, all my rehab, strength and conditioning. They kept me on, paid me still. Um, so people like Gary Cole, Ernie Mary, Kevin Musket, the boys, it was, you know, they looked after me, like really looked after me. And in the end I had, you know, like I said, 10 operations and I had an MRI scan because I just kept breaking down and I was, I was just fed up. Like mentally it kind of it got to me and I was over, it was hard seeing people, you, you know, that were your best mates, you know, Progressing, progressing and knowing where you were, like, you know, Robbie Cruz and Mitch Langerak and obviously Broxy and, you know, Matt Fischini was coming through at the time and who else? You know, all those kind of young boys that you had a click with, you know, they, they were doing well and I was happy that they were doing well but I'm like, you know, I'm sitting back, I'm in and out of, you know, hospitals and I just kept, I just couldn't handle it mentally anymore. I battled, I battled, I battled, and then I just kept getting more pains, more pains. They took my rod, the rod out of my leg and went back in and had another MRI scan. And he had a look and he goes, it's not right in here. He goes, your kneecap's cracked. I was like, what do you mean my kneecap's cracked? He goes, the force of the leg break, because my leg was straight hyperextended, it cracked my whole kneecap and the, where my kneecap sits are the two bones. And I was like, are you serious? He goes, it's as bad as a 50-year-old man. I'm 19 years old. So she's like, mate, I suggest, he goes, you really evaluate, you know, your your footballing career. Your li- and how it's going to impact on your lifestyle yeah, and, and how you for, live your for life. For me, it was football, you know. I, I kind of never did well at school because I always thought I was going to be a footballer. It was ingrained into me. Well, you were going to be a footballer. Yeah, and that was a thing. Like, I was... It was. I was just kind of shocked at it all, and I was kind of lost for a bit. And in the end, I was. I seen someone else, and he said the exact same thing to me. And in the end, I just said, "That's it. I've got to. I've got to pull the pin. You know, I don't. I want to be able to, you know, have kids and be able to play with my kids. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I want to be able to walk. I'm 29 years old now, and I, you know, I'm starting to struggle now, like in this cold weather. I know? can see you shake. I, yeah, I thought you were getting emotional, no, but no, no, yeah, no, actually no, feeling not, the cold. No. Hey, uh, tell me something. At, at, at what point in the, how old were you when you when the realization came that uh, you just weren't football wasn't an option? Um, yeah, it would have been 20. As soon as I made that decision, I think I was about 21, 22. Um, yeah, it took me a while. How, how did you cope? How did you cope? I mean, I'm telling you, I'm, I'm, I'm a president of a club, Anthony Ortelio, we deal with this, we deal with this shit all the time. Mm. Players spend one week on the bench and they can't deal with it. Mm. Right? How, how do you cope as a young kid with that sort of thing? How, how did you get through it? I didn't cope and I didn't cope for about four years, five years. What does years. that mean? What, what, were you on drugs? What, no, no. What, what were you doing? Did no. you get depression? I was, what, 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 tell, I, tell me what doesn't cope mean, Sammy. It was facing reality without football. So, you know, I never did an apprenticeship. I never went to uni. I never did anything to kind of have that backup, back on, you yeah. know, to fall back on because I was confident in my ability that I was going to be a footballer. So, for me, it was... You know, I didn't want to face not being able to play football anymore. So 
I started getting into the travel, so I was kind of always traveling around the world, you know, I went away for a year, holidays. Um, I was just trying to escape. I was partying a fair bit. I was always out and about, um, partying a bit. It was just to kind of hide my problems, which, you know, I'm not scared to admit. Um, and it, you know, it took its toll on me. And in the end of the day, I think I, think I went to Europe in 2012 and I come back and I was disillusioned with football. You know, I didn't want to be a part of it anymore. Um, it was hard seeing all my mates do so well. And, you know, I'm the one that's kind of got to find a job now. And, you know, it was hard for me to take. Um, and I just, in the end, I just said, you know, to myself, whatever's happened, happened. Um, I'll get into coaching to try and stay involved. I go, I've got to stop hiding from, you know, from my problems. That's, you know, that's what, that's the cards have been dealt and I've got to deal with it now, you know. So that's where I kind of started coaching and went into the coaching side of things. But yeah, it was, I'm not going to lie, like it was really, really, really tough. And uh, at times okay. still it gets me down, but not like it used to. Like I probably battled it for a good five years of not playing and mentally kind of getting to me. Mate, I I, I, uh, I admire you for what you've gone through. I wasn't a quarter of the player, not even a tenth of the player you were. And the thought of not playing week in, week out uh, at, at the age you were at mm. is, uh, for, for me, incomprehensible. Um, but it's amazing that you've uh, you've now embarked on a uh, coaching career. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and and uh, I know you spent a little bit of time at uh, Port Melbourne the last yep. couple of years with with with, with Eckers and uh, Timmy. Yeah. And now you're at Dandy City. Yeah. Tell me tell me a bit about yeah, your coaching career. What 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 you've done and and where you want to go. What 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 do you think you can uh, add to the game uh, or contribute to the game as a coach, mate? Look, it's um yeah. So 2013, I think it was. Um, I, I wanted to get back in. I didn't know where to go. I was kind of out of the game, so I didn't know many players. And, you know, coaching badges just kind of come in at that time. So Steve Mortone was a technical director at Port Melbourne. And obviously my connections at Victory with him. He goes, can you come down to Port Melbourne and, you know, help me be, be my assistant and help me do things? And I thought, you know, why not? And at the time, I think the club paid for my uh, C licence. So I did that and... Yeah, I just I did a year with him as an assist, assistant TD and was helping out, coaching like the juniors and stuff. And you know, I seen Eckers around the place and Timmy and a few of the old boys. And um, he asked me, Johnny Patsukas was yeah, there. Johnny Dunga P was there as well. Dunga. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Dunga, uh, Timmy and Eckers. So yeah, at the time Eckers, you know, threw it out. There. He goes, would you, you know, be interested in? Getting into senior football and being, you know, helping me out, being my assistant. And I thought, yeah, why not? Like, you know, it's, I'm interested in it, you know, it's a good club. Um, you know, I knew Eckers playing from him. Funnily enough, he scored in the game I broke my leg in. Did um, he really? Yeah, he scored a, I think we're winning 2 1, and he scored. Who was a, he playing for? He was at Heidelberg. Yeah, he scored a bomb from about 30 yards out. I think it was, yeah, it was, it was a free kick or something. He just hit it and went in. Um, as he does, and you'll love that as well. Yeah, I know. But you know what they say, mate. You know what they say. Even a blind chicken, every now and then, can find a piece of corn. <laughs> yeah. Even yeah. a broken clock yeah. is right once a day. <laughs> he was. 
he was um, unbelievable. So, yeah, he, he took me on and from then I kind of haven't looked back. I've been involved, you know, I was at Port for four years and I worked with him, um, obviously, Timmy, uh, Goran Lozanovsky, Joko as well. So, you know, I've kind of had a good good base of of kind of role models to learn from. They're all, you know, different coaches have their own ways. And yeah. um, I enjoyed every single moment of, you know, being, you know, their assistants and learning from, from all three of them. And now you're at Danny City. Yeah. And hopefully imparting some of that knowledge. You're only 29 and I think you're, you're on the road to a great coaching career. Before we wrap up this, this session and... Uh, um, um, thanks again, uh, Semi, for, for dropping in. But uh, I'm interested to know, and I know you, uh, you mentioned a few coaches' names there already, and yeah. you, as a player and as a, an assistant, you've worked with a lot of coaches and, and, and you know, looking forward, you're going to be a sensational coach. Um, but put, let's put Zelko, uh, let's put Zelko Kuzman aside because yeah. he's uh, sort of like the Jose Mourinho of Victorian football. They've already won the league, haven't they? They have. They won it uh, <laughs> ten weeks ago, so they're on fire. But um, which coach... Uh, I know, you know, I, I don't know if you know, but I coached uh, for nine seasons. Yeah, I know that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Some, some successfully. <laughs> <laughs> some very successfully. <laughs> I wonder where that comes from. <laughs> but, but which coach, um, and, and you can, if you want to name a couple, do you take wh- which bits from? You know, like if, if, if I was, if you were to coach tomorrow, be the senior coach, who's had the most influence as, as a coach in terms of the way you'd like to go about it? Um... The mo- the person I work with the longest is obviously was Eric, and I've taken a lot from him on how he, uh, you know, his approach. So you've got every cliche ever written. No, I don't. No. I don't. I don't take his cliches, but like, <laughs> um, just how it's organ- a game of two halves, Emmy. Yeah, I know that. <laughs> just the way he, um, how organised, you know, he was, and regarding what he wants to achieve from his. From his session, you know he's you know he's very strict on you know always be prepared, be there you know half an hour early, make sure you set up, you know players aren't waiting around, make sure you know you can move from one thing to another, um, you know everything has its processes. Is he, is he like the Swiss watch of coaching? Oh, he's uh, is, is 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 he just a, like a long jeans coach that just everything just ticks over the mechanics of the. Of the session, yeah, is that yeah, yeah. That, that's how he is. Everything has to run smoothly. If you don't, if you, if what if, you, what, if what if a ball gets punctured? What what happens at that point? He turns in and goes, "I'm gonna lose my shit," <laughs> and then you'll uh, you'll go in and get another ball. Um, but yeah, he's he was you know very organised, and I've taken a lot out of that from yeah. from him. And it's you know it's good to be be that way because the players see, and if you're organising, you know. Players can't, you know, question, you know, what what we're doing or you know how how things are going to work. You know, you can move from one thing to another. You know, I took a lot from him. Um, obviously, at Victory, you know, I worked under Ernie for a bit, and um, you know, Ernie Ernie was was a good coach. Bit bit different, did things differently. Um, was more worked on a lot of structure, so you just go straight into eleven v eleven and you work on things, which. You know, he he got right a lot of the times. Um, and someone like Muskie as well, like he's one of, you know, he's a good friend of mine and I try and keep in touch with him a fair bit, just the way he goes about 
What's his strength as a coach? What's Muskie? I mean, does he coach like he plays, or is he more? Is 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 there more science to to Muskie as a coach? He's yeah, he coaches everything's. He's he's got that passion in him, just like the way he played. He's very very organised. Like he doesn't leave no stone unturned. Like everything is is properly done with him. He's you know his man management skills are good. You know all that kind of stuff. He's you know he's one of a kind. Um, so you know I take I take things from all of them. You know everyone's you know got their strength. You know Gibbo was you know different as well. Like you know he will just tell you how it is, and he just you just got to get it done with Gibbo. <laughs> like <laughs> no excuses. No, nah, no excuses. And you know. He's good on night out as well. <laughs> <laughs> loves a loves a scotcher. Um, yeah, I, I've just taken. So you're taking bits and pieces, yeah, of everyone. And I, I, like I said, I've been lucky at Port Melbourne working with with those three. Yeah, great people. Yeah, yeah. And, you know. Th- and Eka's got a tough done. job now at nights, huh? Yeah, he's got a tough job at nights, but I think it's a uh, it's a club that will suit him and yeah. the way he goes about things. And you know, the Knights have made a. a Is he a union member? Has he paid his yeah, subs? I think he's going to be working for IND yeah, next week. <laughs> he's going to have to join the union, yeah. doesn't he? If he's going to be at night. Hey, well, I'm going to take a break, but one thing I can say in this session here, it's been, it actually has been an emotional session. And one thing, I don't know you, Sammy, it's the first time we've formally met, but you've got a lot of emotion and a lot of passion in your, in your eyes and in your face, right? I, I can see talking to you, um, I get shivers. When, when you're talking and telling me some of those stories, I get shivers as well in here. <laughs> no, no, not because of the cold, but uh, you got yeah, yeah, um, no, you got this thing in your eye. I don't know what it is, and maybe when we come back, we might explore what that might be. But there's a there's a there's a glint in your eye, and there's a fire in your belly, there's an emotion in there. You, you're gonna be you're gonna be a superstar oh, I hope when so. it comes we'll to coaching.